0: don't let the war on the outside rage on the inside. You probably have noticed when you are around negative people or individuals who will provoke you to anger or you witness their actions or you are on the receiving end of those actions, it may alter your own behavior or your mindset. In Proverbs 22 verses 24 through 25, it reminds us, do not make friends with hot tempered people. Do not associate with one who is easily angered or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Confidence Restored podcast presented by CC America, also known as Confidence Centers of America and hosted by Tamaria Jordan. This is a show designed to help you build your confidence, increase your faith and get mentally fit to overcome any trials and tribulations you may encounter. Through personal testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation, Tamaria and guests seek to inspire and uplift you. This message is delivered by us, CCing you on lessons learned in hopes of encouraging you regardless of where you are in life. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to a live taping of the Confidence Restored podcast. I am your host, Tamiria Jordan, and today we are talking about the impact of being around the wrong people. And this is something that came to me um, last week, and I was planning on recording it, but I waited a bit. But then today, I had this strong feeling in my spirit that I needed to uh, record, and so here I am. And in doing that, part of my preparation last week was reading scriptures, and in part of my preparation today, it was also listening to the entire book of 2 Corinthians because I was reading Proverbs and then it led me back to Corinthians as it relates to who we tend to surround ourselves with. And so when you think about Proverbs 22, Proverbs is all about wisdom. In Proverbs 22 verses 24 through 25, it reminds us, do not make friends with hot tempered people do not associate with one who is easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. And so I started looking up, you know, the different words that are in that particular scripture. And it made me think about the fact that oftentimes we think that we are exempt from becoming like the people we are around. And The word specifically talks about friends but i also think that this holds true in terms of any type of relationship we may find ourselves in because when you think about the influence of bad company you probably have noticed when you are around negative people or individuals who will provoke you to anger or you witness their actions or you are on the receiving end of those actions it may alter your own behavior or your mindset Because you will start to emulate that which you see at times. And as I think about where I am in my life, as I approach my birthday, which is on Sunday, I will be 39, I think about the fact that for much of my life, I have been on the receiving end of some things that may seem unfair, and like most of us. And I realized that much like a boat, if I allow all of that water in, I will change. And so when I started this journey of podcasting and now that we're at episode 100, I didn't know what episode 100 would be. There were different thoughts that I had, but I really feel led to share this message because it's something that's been heavy on my heart and it is we cannot allow those outside forces to change who we are. And so the reason I titled this, Be Careful of the War So You Don't Become Like That Which You Abhor is because the very thing that you don't like, the very thing that you might resent, the very thing that made you angry, it is easy to become like that if you surround yourself with people who are like that or you are in those situations. So going back to Proverbs 22, when we, when it says not associating yourself with people who are easily angered. It talks about, in this particular case, the definition, and there are many definitions, but one definition is a violent passion of the mind excited by a real or supposed injury, usually accompanied with a propensity to take vengeance or to obtain satisfaction from the offending party. It also relates to to excite anger to provoke, to rouse resentment, to make painful, to cause, to smart, to inflame. And so when you think about that, you think about the fact that even the Bible says that even if you are angry, do not sin. But what's interesting is Proverbs tells us, do not associate yourself or be around those who will cause you to be angered. Or those who are easily angered. And so when I thought about that I said wow it says because you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. And then I said okay when you think about a snare you may easily get yourself caught up in a snare because of who you choose to surround yourself with. And I thought to myself, wow, that is some really profound wisdom. And even when you go back to Proverbs 13, verse 20, it says, walk with the wise, become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. So that reminds us of the importance of choosing whoever it is that we choose to walk with our companions wisely. And even when we think about the job market now, there is definitely a correlation between how we're treated in the workplace and how we show up in our everyday lives. And so it is important for us to be mindful of that which we bring in. So if you think about workplace dynamics, for example, if you work in a location where there's a lot of gossip, backstabbing, dishonest practices, initially you may be able to maintain your integrity. But gradually, that behavior might influence you. And so you may find yourself also participating in those conversations that compromise your feelings or your values because you either feel pressured to adopt that negative approach to succeed, or you have been so hurt and so offended by how you've been treated that you start to change who you are. And when I started this podcast, the Confidence Restored podcast, I thought it was going to be about building individuals up who felt like life has knocked them down or they've been rejected. And what I've come to know is that God was really trying to do a work in me where confidence is not confidence in myself. It's not confidence in what I can do. It is truly having confidence and believing in what God says about me and what God says that I can do what God says I can achieve. And so even when I think about in 2 Corinthians 10, it says in verse five, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. And then it also, when you skip down to verse seven, do ye look on things after the outward appearance If any man trust to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord hath given us for edification and not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed that I may seem as if I would terrify you by letters. And this is Paul when he wrote the letter to the Corinthians. For his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Let such and one think this, that such as we are in word by letters when we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we are present. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves Are not wise, but we will not boast of things with our measure, but according to the measure of the rule, which God hath distributed to us a measure to reach even unto you for we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reach not unto you for we are come as far as you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. And it talks about the fact that we are not boasting of things without our measure. That is of other men's labors, but having hope, hope, AKA faith, but having hope when your faith is increased, your belief, your confidence that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. And by you is talking about God to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand, but he that glorieth, glorieth, let him glory in the Lord for not he that commendeth himself is approved but whom the lord commendeth. And so when you think about confidence it is truly having confidence and having faith in what God says, what who God says we are, but also that we are working unto God and not unto ourselves. Because confidence is having faith, having trust in what the word says. And so when I thought about that I said, wow, that in and of itself is powerful because when we think about our life, we sometimes will forget the fact that it's only by grace that we're saved. And so we may look at other people and and look down on them, but it's literally by grace, again, that we are saved. So the Bible tells us to pray for those who despitefully use you, but I'm also learning in wisdom, especially as I approach this 39th birthday, And I may very well release this on that day. But I think of all the lessons I've learned. And one of the most important ones over the last year is to, in the words of the pastor who preached the eulogy this week for a service I attended, we have to get ready and stay ready because no man knows the day nor the hour. And even in 2 Corinthians 10, it says, for though I would desire to glory... I shall not be a fool for I will say the truth, but now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which seeth me to be, or that heareth of me, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake, because when I am weak, he is strong. When we are weak, God is strong. And God is like, okay, you know what? I I am here for you. And it is so easy when we think about life in this world to start to believe in ourselves and think that we alone can save ourselves, that our confidence is gonna push us ahead. But it literally is by God's grace. God gives us the measure of faith. And so with that, I have learned for myself that I have to really be mindful and be wise in my dealings, so that I will not become like the very things that have hurt me, that I will not be offended, live a life offended, that I will not live bitter, that I will not be resentful, but that I would be able to be everything God has called me to be and also helping others do the same. And so in 2 Corinthians 6, it says, Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And when we think about this vessel that we have in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6, it says, Therefore we are always confident trusting, having faith, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in this body according to To that he hath done, whether it be good or whether it be bad. And as you go down in 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about us being new creatures. And it says that, wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth, know we him no more, because they knew him in the flesh. And now in the spirit, it says in 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be ye reconciled to God for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made in the righteousness of God in him. And so when I thought about this show, I did this while wrapping up a crazy time period in my life where I went through a month long miscarriage. And when I think back to that time, it made me think about the fact that My life is not my own. It is only by grace that I'm still here. And so when you think about that, it puts things in perspective. And I thank God for his grace, because if it was not for his grace, it would be by my works. And we all make mistakes. No one is perfect. There was only one perfect one. And he went on to glory to die for our sins. And so as I think about my birthday, I think about the fact that God knew me before I was born and the word when he was talking to Jeremiah, he said, I knew thee before I formed you in your mother's belly. I set you apart to be a prophet to the nations. And God, essentially, if all of us are ambassadors for Christ, all of, those who, all of us who believe in God, that is, we all have a, the same call. But the Bible reminds us that there are many of us that have a different assignment. God is, God has given us all a measure of grace. In the word it says, he's given us a measure of grace and that grace comes with gifts. And I realized that I don't wanna be like the the foolish person who buried their talents. And at the end of my race, when God says, what have you done? Like in second Timothy, I want him to say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want to run my race and not finish it. And so on my t-shirt, it says radical obedience. I also have a mug here that also says radical obedience. And I actually created this design through confident connotations over a year ago at the beginning of the year. And it's based on 1 Samuel 15 because Saul lost his place in the kingdom because he was so concerned about the people and about what other people wanted him to do that he disobeyed God. And the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. And I realized I don't want to live my life being disobedient. And when you think about us being in today's digital age, social media can expose us to various influences. It can be both positive and it can be both negative. I personally utilize social media as my outlet. To me, it's no different than if I were to sit at home and watch sports all day. This is my outlet, but I've decided to do it to share my testimony because in Revelation 12, it says we overcome the enemy by the power of our testimony. The enemy wants you to be silent. He does not want you to share your testimony. He does not want individuals to be free. But that is how we overcome him. And so when you think about the accounts that you follow and if we are looking at things that are materialistic, um it can lead to envious feelings or other destructive behaviors. So even though you may start on social media with good intentions, You have to be wise even in that in terms of how much you take in because prolonged exposure to certain content could very well erode whatever sense of contentment that you had or lead to dissatisfaction or maybe harmful life choices because what we look at on the outside, like what it talks about earlier in Proverbs 13, walk with the wise and become wise. If we follow social media accounts that don't edify God or that don't promote positivity we may then start to let that water seep into our boat and then we start to change from the inside out. And so the Bible also reminds us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, but it also reminds us in Matthew to guard our hearts. And the reason we have to guard our hearts is because if we don't, it says, if the issues of life flow from it. And I am really starting to recognize and understand that now the importance of guarding my heart Because when we give what is good to, like the Bible says in Matthew, when we give what is holy to dogs or to pigs, lest they turn and rend us or trample us. So essentially they will tear us apart because we've given our good gifts to the enemy. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to kill, steal and destroy. And so when I think about where I am last year, I would have never guessed the number of people that have left our lives would have gone back to God, but they did. We can't control that. And even in the Corinthians, it talks about that, that we should not be confident in ourselves, but knowing that Jesus already paid the ultimate price because we will all be judged one day for the good or the bad that we've done. And so I realized for myself, I don't want to run this race and get weary and well-doing or get tired. And so i it's funny, I'm looking back at my journal now, and actually, even before I came up with this particular topic, and I know it wasn't me, it was the Holy Spirit, I wrote down what conceit was and confidence. So conceit is excessive appreciation of your own worth. But we heard in Second Corinthians that God will esteem us. And then I started looking up all these different scriptures on confidence and it just took me down a long path is what I'll say. But it reminded me of the importance of us knowing what the word says so that we don't get lost, so that we don't get weary in well-doing, so that we can continue to move forward in who God calls us to be and what he calls us to do. And also in Proverbs 26, I'm going to pull that up. Proverbs 26 was another one I had looked at uh, when I was doing my research on confidence and conceit, because I realized, I was like, you know what? I don't want to become like the people who have mistreated me. I don't want to become like the people who are conceited, haughty, envious, jealous, whatever those things are, but we have to be mindful. And so in Proverbs 26... It says in verse four, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. And then when you scroll down to verse 20, actually, you know what? I'm going to go back to verse 12 first. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. And then in verse 20 it says, where no wood is there, the fire goeth out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceaseth. And so when you think about it, when you are not adding fuel to the fire, when you are not giving in to those, those things that would seek to tear you down, the fire will go out. So we have to be mindful of the fire that burns in us. So the war that's happening on the outside, we know the war is going to come. Luke 21, Revelation, they they all remind us of the war. Matthew, Mark, Luke. The scriptures remind us of the times that we are living in. And so that's why I say be careful of the war so you don't become like that which you abhor. The things that we don't like. So when we think about our Bible, it gives us insight into the impact that the situations we put ourselves in, the places we are in and around, the people who we let into our lives, we have to be mindful that we are walking in wisdom so that we don't become like those individuals. Because literally it will all start to pour into your boat. And it's interesting because now we live in a time where the things that are right are looked at as though they are wrong and vice versa. And so, even in verse 28 in Proverbs 26, it says, A lion tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. And so I said, Oh, wow. And I wrote down, Stop arguing with people who choose to be foolish, aka lacking reason, and rejecting God's word. People trying to purposely hurt others will get caught in their own snare. The Bible reminds us in Proverbs 26, verse 27. Whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth a stone, it will return upon him. So you don't have to pay people back for what they do to you. You don't have to become vengeful. You don't, and like in Proverbs 22, do not make friends with the hot tempered person. Do not associate with those who are easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself tangled up and ensnared. And In verse 28, the lying tongue hated those that are afflicted by it. We are living in a time now that those who lie hate the truth. But when we continue to ignore the faults, a flattering mouth worketh ruin. A flattering mouth is someone who's like, you know what? Regardless of what I see, I'm not going to say anything. Essentially, it worketh ruin. It brings people to a state of being destroyed. And so I I saw a very powerful message from Joyce Myers where she said, giving people grace doesn't mean that you don't confront them when they're doing something wrong. And I wholeheartedly agree. There are too many times now where we might give people passes. And the thing is, it's okay to give them a pass. But you can also move out of the way because the closer you stay to them, the more like them you become. So when you think about the practical examples that have been shared, you think about the biblical wisdom. We have to be mindful to safeguard ourselves from the negative influences of bad company. So how do we do that? You can choose your company wisely. Surround yourself with people who will share your values and inspire you to become a better person. It doesn't mean that you don't you don't have an opportunity to minister to others or you don't talk to other people because God has given you the gift to be able to minister. But at the same time, you have to be mindful that you don't become like the people that you are trying to help get set free. And so seeking out mentors and positive role models and others who will help lift you up, but most importantly, building that relationship with the Holy Spirit. So choosing that company so you know when you go out what you will say. Because the Bible also tells us in the word that God, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. You don't have to try to figure out what to say. And that's what he told the prophets. And I think the same thing holds true for us. He will give us the words to say. So when we go, we will know what to say, what to do, where to go. But we also have to set boundaries. We have to be able to recognize when something is not healthy, when it's toxic. And we have to set healthy boundaries because if we don't, We are not protecting our emotional well-being. The word is clear and it reminds us to be careful of who we surround ourselves with. So we have to be true to what the word says. And then we also can pray for those individuals, pray that God would open up their heart and reveal to them the error of their ways the same way God is revealing to us. Like, I know that God is working on me. I am a work in progress, like most people. And I just thank God for his grace and his mercy, because I've realized that nothing I can do could make me clean enough for salvation. It is only through grace. And then I would also recommend seeking positive influences, engage with content that's uplifting, whether it's books, podcasts, social media accounts, whatever it is, but most importantly, the first positive influence should be our, our Bible. It should be talking to God. It should be talking to the Holy Spirit. And then you can have those other things to help encourage you and lift you up. Um, Much like what Paul was doing with the Corinthians. He was sending them letters and letting them know what was happening. But then he was also trying to edify them and lift them up to remind them of who God is and who they were. But surrounding yourself with positive influences will counterbalance the negativity of everything that we're seeing in the world. Because in Luke 21, it tells us to watch and pray that we may escape the things that are going to happen in the end times when the world is going to be in chaos. And as we can see, the world is in chaos. So we have to be mindful. And in Romans eleven twelve, it talks about the fact that God has mercy on us all. And in the covenant, it says, God will take away our sins through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. But it also tells us to not be conformed, not to be in harmony or accord with the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. But not to also be conceited through faith and grace. We have been gifted the gift of salvation. It's not through our own works. God will God will repay evil. God will. We don't have to fight that battle. Because when you read Romans 11 and 12, and I'm saying the chapters, it talks about the fact that you don't have to repay evil for evil. The Lord will repay. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And in Romans 12, uh, chapter 12 through chapter 16, it says, It talks to us about how to behave as a believer in a fallen world so that we don't let the war on the outside rage on the inside and that we may be obedient to the call of God in our life. And so as I wrap up this message, I just want to encourage someone, if you do not know the Lord, it is simple and you can repeat after me, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I repent of my sins. I make you Lord over my life. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in righteousness daily. In Jesus' name, amen. Know that I am grateful that you all tune in. I do not look at myself as anyone that is above anyone else. I am literally just doing what I felt led in my spirit to do. I want to be an encouragement to other people. You never know who could be blessed by any of these messages or by someone else's testimony. So I encourage you to share it because you never know what people need, but we have to be mindful that we don't let all of the water that is around us to seep into our boat. And as I go into this next year, I just give God glory. And I thank him for my life because there are a lot of people who did not make it to the next year. There's a lot of people who did not wake up today. And I thank God that I am still here. And because I'm still here, I want to live my life as an ambassador for Christ. And no, like I said, I'm not saying that I'm perfect, that I don't make mistakes. I've made plenty, just like the rest of us. But it's through grace that we are saved. And so I know I'm not an angel, but I'm saved by grace. I'm so glad I'm not where I used to be. I'm so glad that I've grown. I'm so glad that I'm willing to share my testimony and that I'm willing to be utilized by God to be a vessel, to encourage someone. And if there be one, I am grateful for that because at the end of my life, I don't want God to tell me to turn away from him because I'm a worker of iniquity, because I've allowed the war on the outside to war on the inside. And then that's what comes out, not what God has put in me. So when I say confidence restored, it is restoring faith in who God says we are. Restoring faith in what God says we can do. Restoring faith in Jesus Christ in a fallen world. So much like my shirt says, a radical obedience. And that's what I want to be. I want to be radically obedient for Christ and do what I feel that God has called me to do. And I encourage you all to do the same. So on that note, I pray that you all will be blessed and that you keep on keeping on. Thank you for tuning in to another live taping of the Confidence Restored podcast by CC America. We are grateful that you tune in week after week and join us for testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. Please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe, and let others know that you are listening to the Confidence Restored podcast. You can also now buy us a coffee to show appreciation at buymeacoffee.com forward slash ccamerica. Until next time, be blessed.